Sunday morning coffee edition of Pigeon Hockey, where we either interview someone in the hockey world or just catch up with each other and maybe even, you know, talk some hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Ben. Hey, Chris. Nothing funny today. Just a hey. <laughs> I don't know why that's funnier than me. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, we're just a washed-up going, a washed-up comedian. We don't claim to be hockey expert, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So, Ben, I don't know why you just saying hi. Hi. Just, hey, good morning. <laughs> I think it's because I have fallen into the darkness of Denmark, and I thought, I don't know, I was stronger than seasonal depression but i'm not <laughs> and you, the way you said hi was just i guess how i felt for like months <laughs> i don't well well first i think it's funny because usually so so viewers at home know you and i are always worried about our internet connection while we do this and usually we have our cameras off uh yours is on right now but it is absolutely pitch black and i can't see anything except a vague shadow of you because apparently I, in Denmark, not only is it dark, but it, there's also no electricity. Yeah, I just killed the camera because otherwise I'll never be able to download this episode for the viewers or the listeners. But yeah, no, it's it's and it's what is it like 730 here? So or 740, which means it's been dark for at least five hours. It gets to you, man. It really does. It does. Like, I don't disagree at all. Uh, it's 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 honestly so rough, but you know, be, beyond that, moving on from Denmark, how's it going in Cali? It's going, man. It actually got down to uh, 38 Fahrenheit last night, which, um, frankly, for me, uh, I always run hot. You know, I'm I'm a very, let's just say there's a there's a lot of meat on the bone that I have to cool down, and uh, I'll usually wear like like be sleeping with just a sheet. I actually had to use a blanket. I had all my windows open. It was 38 degrees. Of course, my my poor uh, partner was, you know, it was like the sixth sense. There were dead people in the room because like frost was forming on her. But uh, at least I was comfortable. (laughs) Okay, so you and I are completely the same when it comes to that. I run really hot and it, it doesn't matter where I've been at work or anything. If it's the winter and everyone's got their space heaters, I've got my like I'm down to like the like the minimum amount of clothing legal at the workplace and i've got a fan on me and not just one but multiple fans on me i run super hot so yeah at night the sheet i think isn't necessarily even for like warmth it's like a mental protection from like being i don't know from like when i was young and you sleep under blankets i need at least the most basic sheet over me but my feet are sticking out basically it's covering from like my ankles up to my like neck and, you know, my arms are hanging out and I don't know, now people know my sleeping routine, but that's basically how I sleep. I'm like, no, I uh, I need a lot of limbs sticking out. I just oh, need yeah. a little bit of protection. And I guess it's a mental thing. I don't know. I, th- I think that's why you and I chose hockey as our favorite sport. It has nothing to do with the sport. It's just a hockey rink was the only place we could be reasonably comfortable. Yeah, because honestly, you go to a, I don't like basketball, but you go to like a football or baseball game and I've lived a lot of places and. <sighs> Those get hot, man, especially if you ever gone to a St. Louis game in the summer and it's 122 degrees, not making it up. I like an ice rink. That's why I guess hockey is my sport, because when I run hot, I can literally do like what I did in, I want to say, Wales, Cardiff, Wales, where after I faced 105 shots in a game, 
I didn't go back to the locker room. I literally just ripped my chest pad off and laid on the ice for five minutes. I was so hot. I knew I was never going to get cool and be able to take the drive home if I didn't cool down on the actual physical ice. I mean, it, it's a lifesaver. People laugh, but, you know, there are some of us who are just uh, not meant for regular temperatures. I got to say, I think this is why my childhood was so rough, because I grew up in, like, Florida and Texas. And uh, honestly, every day I step outside and it's it's nice. Do you remember humidity? Because I don't. Is it not humid there? There's, no, it's it's everyone. Look, it's really expensive out here, but but it's also not fair. If you're listening to this, you should be angry. Because every day here is sunny. It is very rarely humid. And if it is, it's because it's about to rain, which happens like once a year, maybe so far. And uh, it's nice. Wow. Like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it's weird. Because D.C. was humid. You walk outside and before you even got to the metro, you were already dead inside. Yeah, no, no question. Like, and I, I, I had a job for a while where I was wearing a suit and running around all over the place in D.C. And like I had to throw one of my suits out because I just sweated through it so bad, you know, and I, I hung it up over the weekend. Boy, this is a very gross. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say, look, like, let's just say I had it. I didn't clean it fast enough and it I like mold took over or something. But it was miserable. It was absolutely. I was just like chugging water, trying to stay hydrated. It's. Uh, it sounds like we're complaining, but it is very uncomfortable in the summer. I think. I think it's a right to complain when it when it gets that hot. By the uh, way, this is what old people complain about. Like, oh, it's too hot. The, the weather. Like, I, I don't. When I was a kid, I think I was just like, ah, eh, whatever. I'll just go outside. Like as an adult, like if I go outside and it's uncomfortable, I'm just like, nope. Yeah, I'll literally yell at people for getting off my lawn, and I don't have one. Oh, man. Is that what that's what's happening to us, isn't it? We're just getting old. Soon we're just going to be those two guys from the Muppet show. <laughs> I think we already like, are. Oh, those Buffalo Sabres <laughs> aren't half bad. Oh, they're not half good either. Oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> oh speaking of the Buffalo Sabres, I hate it. But man, that's Zegers goal. Yeah, yeah. That's so. So for viewers who might not know, uh, Mr. Zegers. I don't know. I, I don't think it was obnoxious. I think he, you know, was was improvising. He was behind the goal. He magically got a, a puck to stick to his stick and then kind of overhand lacrosse passed it to uh, his colleague. I can't remember who actually scored the goal, but he alley-oop assisted it. And then they scored uh, with the puck midair. And it was, uh, it was kind of kind of shocking. What did you think about it? Disappointed as I'm a Sabres fan, but I'm a Sabres fan. So disappointment is my middle name. It was pretty impressive. I have to admit that was a pretty goal. I don't know if as special and cool as those goals are, I don't know if they're going to last long term because either the NHL is going to find a way to kill those types of goals or teams are going to see those types of goals coming and why try it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny. A lot of attention got put on this goal and I know like it was on YouTube I think and a couple other places and went viral and on the one hand I think that's cool because you know it pulls in a lot of potential fans who otherwise might not be really aware of hockey and be like oh that's that's a cool move is that something they do on the flip side I know that like uh, several analyzers and announcers have come out and criticized it and said it's bad for the game Tortorella specifically you know our favorite guy was saying uh, it wasn't a good play for the health of the sport I don't know, man. What, what do you think? 
I think they're cool. You know, I think innovative like goals like that where players have been practicing their skill set and they can kind of score on a cool, untraditional way. Why not? Seriously, like, why not? Like, if it's considered a high stick, it's considered a high stick. Like, I think going above the net and trying to wrap it down underneath, your stick's still above the net. But wrapping it around, lacrosse down stuff, man, if you can pull it off, that's a goal. I don't care how you look at it. Yeah, and I I think usually it's not really going to be a viable play. And, you know, people have tried it unsuccessfully. The fact that it's so rare, like, eh, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it's if it's fun, you know, I know it sucks to be the team that gets scored on for sure. Uh, I know every time I see like an amazing goal and the Caps are the recipient, I'm always like, oh, my God, why did it have to be us? But uh, but yeah, I have no problem with it. Well, I'm a Sabres fan, so Zegers did that to us. I still remember being at the game where Ovechkin scored off his stomach uh, against Laleem back in like, I'm going to say 2010, where he literally was on his stomach and still managed to lift a puck over Laleem. And my brother and I were 10 rows behind it, wearing Sabres jerseys in the Verizon Center. And we both looked at each other like, how the hell do you not clap at what we just saw? You know, I mean, we're Buffalo. We we have a lot of amazing and stupid plays happen to us. That's uh, that's, that's our gift to the sports world. So, so by the way, I was looking up the Laleem thing because I remember Laleem for a year um, in the mid nineties when he was, he was on the penguins and he like destroyed it. He was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize he was only on the penguins for one year. Oh, it was just a season. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I just remember being the uh, like, cause back then I wasn't like, I was a caps fan, but I also just liked the penguins. I liked a bunch of other teams. This is before the, the incident where a penguins fan choked out my mom. Uh, which we've talked about in previous episodes. And I remember it was like the Lemieux, Yager, Francis years, because I think I think Lemieux was playing and he wasn't out for being sick. I just remember Laleem came out of nowhere and just like could not be scored against. You have those goalies that come out, and that's why I think the goaltending position is so uh, so unique and so special because like you had Jim Carrey of the Capitals. I was going to say Jim Carrey, yeah. Yeah. He got the visit of what, like nine? I'm gonna say 1997. I could be dead wrong, but you know now you have to look it up while I'm talking about it. But that was his one really good season, and he just kind of dissipated. We're not that. talking yeah. like Mark Andre Fleury, 500 wins level. Like, let's talk about that for a second. Like, how amazing is this goalie we're watching right now in Chicago? Which Okay, can I also talk about the the absolute absurdity, the fact that Mark Andre Fleury left Pittsburgh in the expansion draft of Vegas and then got traded for literally nothing because the player was never even kept by Vegas to Chicago days after he was awarded the Vezina, which is the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. The guy's never been traded for anything, and he's on his third team. So, and so he's can now, I ask you, like, what the heck was Vegas thinking? Okay, so here's the thing. I would say, okay, so me and you are Caps fans. You're Caps now slash a little bit of Sharks. I'm Sabre slash a little bit of Caps. So we're both right. still Caps fans. And I hated Pittsburgh. And oh, I did too. Do. I mean, because they were so good. They're so good. And Marc-Andre Fleury was just capable of just destroying us. 
constantly and shutting us down. We had Alexander Ovechkin and we couldn't score. It was no, because he was amazing. Like Flurry was, I like he, uh, he was, was such his. a good goalie. He's yeah. still amazing. What is he like? Thirty six, thirty seven years old now. He's still amazing. And the thing is, with with a goalie with that level of talent, it's so rare. And I think Pittsburgh really screwed up here. And I called it when it happened, and my being proven right. But the only two goalies right now with more wins than Mark andre Fleury are number one, Martin Brodeur, and number two, Patrick Waugh. Do you even know who these guys are? Who? Uh, like, Waugh? Yeah, Waugh and Brodeur. Waugh was uh, – dude, I had – don't be – dude, I had – this is how much I loved Waugh. We've talked about this. He was my favorite player. He was – I just loved him. He was amazing. He was hilarious. He had a lot of personality. I actually, I don't know what this says, but I took a, a cover of some crappy magazine that he was on and then, like, put it up in my room like a poster. Yeah, and I'm the same way. As a, as a Buffalo Sabres fan, I hated the Devils, but I had a poster of Martin Brodeur up on my wall because he was just the best player in the National Hockey League, in my opinion, the best player in the NHL, in my opinion, so far. Because he changed the goaltending position, and like a lot of goalies did, Hashik and a lot of goalies did. They're all in my favorite category. But Martin Brodeur really, it was just another level. And so you got like Brodeur and Wah, which you throw those names out there, and you're either like, oh, yeah, best goalies ever, or you're an idiot. Like some of these people are responding on Twitter, like, Brodeur isn't even one of the best five goalies in the NHL history. No, that's, like, that's stupid. That is, yeah, I'm, like, I'm sorry, whoever yeah. said that, Brodeur is definitely... Yeah, whatever her name was on Twitter, I'm like, okay, then give me your five goals you think are somehow better than Brodeur, because he has the most wins in NHL history. He's got multiple Stanley Cups, gold medals. Like, tell me, tell me how Martin Brodeur isn't top five material because I think it was a it was a tweet about Crosby like eight months ago and I don't know ESPN said he was one of the best athletes of all time I'm like no no Crosby wait for next week's episode everybody or a week from now I don't know it's gonna be right before Christmas me and Sebastian with uh, the commentator for the Ogden Mustangs Stefan Bell will be dropping our top teams of all time in terms of if we had a roster to build with rules in place what players of any generation would we pick up for each line and i swear dude i spent so much time rewriting my lines with literally justification like i'll look at my top line and be like yeah but would these three pair together really well in terms i don't want just like oh these are the best three players of all time no no no. i'm looking at this like 1980 usa level i don't need the best players i need the right you're looking you're looking for people that would work well together and be a good team as opposed to just the best yeah and so there's some really amazing players i've just completely eliminated yeah and and so i think you don't think crosby's on that list no, 100% Crosby's on my list. I oh, think he is, right? Be, yeah, I think people are going to yeah, be slightly great. shocked. No, I, in my opinion, and everyone can listen to this podcast, maybe I'll change my mind in a week and a half. I am sorry to the nation of Canada on this one and everyone who worships 99. Watch yourself. Oh, my wife is... Watch yourself. My wife what, what, walked Hold in. on, what are you going to say yeah, something about the great one? <laughs> she can't even hear what you're saying, and she's already like, yo, what you talking about? I heard absurd of the people of Canada, and we are not accepting your apology right off the bat. You're saying. All right, what do you have to say? All right, number 99 is worshipped to a weird level. I agree, I agree. Gretzky, exactly. I think number 87, 
Crosby is better than Gretzky because Gretzky no, A no. could be hit. Crosby can be hit. There was another. I mean, that's true. Plus, Gretzky was playing in the golden era of hockey in the 1980s with high scoring, less skilled goalies than there are now. And he had a hell of a team around him. But Gretzky, okay. like OG Canadian, I guess. And I don't know. Sidney Crosby. Oh, so a guy from he, Prince Edward Island? He's not from Prince Edward Island. He's from Nova Scotia. Damn it, she got me. <laughs> oh. Burnt. I've been burnt. Here's here's what I would say, right? So like th- there was an interview that I saw on YouTube recently where Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson, when Tyson was in his prime, were I forgot what what the show was. And maybe it was Arsenio. I can't really remember. But but they were talking about Muhammad Ali. But hey, if you fought Mike Tyson, how would you do? And you know Ali was very humble. And he's like, oh, you know, I wasn't a big hitter, but I, I could have dodged him, and I would have tried that. And they asked Tyson, and Tyson goes, look, I know I'm great, but like this is the greatest of all time. It's, it's not even worth talking about. You know, and he was very humble and deferential to Ali. And I think in the same way, you know, you can certainly say, oh, well, Gretzky was in this area and Gretzky, blah, blah, blah. But but it's it's hard to make that judgment because, in truth, Gretzky innovated so many different ways to score, to play, to to manage the, the flow of the ice that it's impossible to say that he wouldn't have done that in this era. Like his whole no. thing was that he was brilliant and he I. Who's to say he wouldn't have adapted and found new ways to, to get around, you know, plays and, and goalies and defenses in in this modern era? Like, you can't. OK, I'm not going to argue that point. That's, that's think, a fair it, point, right? He might not have been as successful, but he might have. He might have been able to adapt and innovate. Or he could have been Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It could have gone either way. But that's why I say it's like really hard to make that call. And personally, just the the amount of distance between him and anyone else under him is is what gets it across for me it's it, we're not talking about a guy who was just kind of okay like there was a period in his career after, like in the 90s where he said he went away from trying to score goals and went into like being a playmaker and he did he just did it so i i'm not saying that he's he's not unfairly worshipped but dude the guy was like a prodigy at a different level and i i think somebody with that kind of situational awareness and brilliance probably would have found a way yeah okay i maybe 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 but honestly but after tasting his wine in canada i can't i can't imagine it <laughs> i don't know what he's doing i, I uh, ate at his restaurant when i was a kid and it wasn't very good no his his wine's crap sorry I, it's not worth Gretzky, the price point. They don't out, it sells. And you know he was a crappy coach too right didn't the coyotes kind of suck well i mean it was the coyotes and they always suck but whatever yeah well being a great hockey player doesn't translate into being a great coach yeah for sure I truthfully, and I know this is probably going to get a lot of hate here. I don't think you even need to have played hockey to be a great coach. I don't think you do. If you understand the game and you understand how the game flows and how the game operates, who's to say someone who's never played the game can't coach an amazing team? I think it's just like the traditional, like, oh, well, you have to play the game to be a coach or you have to be, you have to play the game to be a GM. Why? You understand it better. How? Well, seriously, how? I've played hockey. All my life. I love hockey. I don't think I'd be a great coach. I just don't think I'd, I'd be an amazing goalie coach. So if anybody's listening and wherever I move to, you can hire me. But as a head coach, I don't think I don't think I could do that. I don't I really like goaltending and I really like it developing the goaltending position and and innovators like uh, Martin Brodeur and Dominic Hasek. And everyone has to listen to the rest of my podcast when we drop these teams. I think. There's players that just straight up change the game, and I doesn't. I don't think that translates into coaching. I don't think it does. 
I, I agree. So it's like definitely it's same really of any discipline, right? Like it's in, in my field, you know, I'm a consultant and I, I do a lot of training and facilitation just because you're really good at getting in front of a crowd and teaching a class or, or running a, a workshop doesn't mean you can teach other people to do it. Like the ability to teach and convey information in a way that others can replicate is a specific skill set. And I think if you look at players like or great coaches, I'm just thinking of the Caps coaches. I know Trotz, uh, Boudreaux. Uh, Laviolette like didn't necessarily have the biggest most sparkling hockey careers I think they all played at different levels but none of them were like super amazing right so I definitely agree with you being able to teach coach bring other people along for the journey is a unique skill set and and I yeah I guess Gretzky didn't necessarily have it but dude he definitely would be my number one line okay so people are gonna have to hear where I placed Gretzky I will straight up tell you just because a player makes my top line doesn't mean I think they're the best left winger, best center, best right winger of all time. I will tell you, the player that makes my top line is a left winger, who's who I think is the best player of all time outside of goaltending. And I built the team around each position where I think I want to place specific uh, players and how I place people, right? So I just think that I paired players differently and i seriously like when you think i just put this list together i want to hear that episode there's three of us dropping our lists on this episode so i'm not going to be able to go into any level of amazing detail none of us are but trust me when i built my lines and who i picked i think some players when people go okay you had all the players in the world and you picked this guy on your fourth line like how the hell did this guy even make your team He's yeah. even one of the best players out of country X and he made your team. I'm like, because there's a certain quality I'm looking for in my players in terms of like toughness, in terms of grit, in terms of like, if you're going to play the concept of this thing is you're allowed eight players from any country max max. So you can't load up on Canadians. You can't load up on Russians. You can't load up on Yanks or Europeans. You have to load up max of eight players. So you're like, Oh, like I really want this defenseman, but I've maxed out. So do I want to drop this forward and pick up this defenseman? And you got to do it that way. Plus, you can't just load up on centers. They have to traditionally play left wing to be left winger. They have to traditionally play center to be center. You can't be like, well, they can play center. I think this is this is making me really want to listen to this because I'm really curious what you guys picked. Oh, I can't wait to hear what Sebastian and Stefan picked. I think Stefan mentioned a bunch of the Ogden Mustangs players would also be getting in on the action and submitting their lists. Uh, we won't be dropping on that episode. We're going to do bonus episodes. So those who are familiar with the Ogden Mustangs players can hear what the Mustangs players submitted. But yeah, this one's going to be, I think it's going to be super interesting in how I built my lines. I'm literally, I like every couple days I go back and look at it and I've been doing this since september so i'm giving it a lot of thought well i noticed i wasn't invited to submit a like a a roster but then again if if you want to submit a roster you can go for it dude well i was just gonna say like if i had uh, all of my picks would be based on who's the most fun from a gets in a lot of fights or does hilarious interviews hey anyway i know we were coming up on time i wanted to throw one more thing your way and then also see fans think so this year obviously nhl is now in part on espn my question for the fandom such as it is, is what do you guys think of ESPN as a carrier? And I have my own thoughts, but I'll save it for a future one. And then my second one is, what do we think about all this gambling stuff? 
because there's a bunch of uh, it's like Caesars and a few other things, I think, that do sports betting because it's now legal. I don't know if it's nationally legal or it's just legal. And so I, I haven't followed it closely enough, but I know every game I watch, there's several ads for sports gambling and the announcers will talk about the spreads and the odds and all that other stuff. And they'll actually be thrown up on the screen like, oh, well, the odds have changed as a result of the most recent scoring. And it's it's weird, man. I don't know how I feel about it. I can say I already hate the sound of it. I've been in Denmark for any if you're new to this podcast, I moved to Denmark this year. I haven't watched any anything North American not NFL like I, it's not my time zone. It doesn't it doesn't work at the game start when I'm already in bed, like like two to three o'clock in the morning. And. No, I've heard some good uh, feedback on how ESPN's doing, but I haven't heard about the betting aspect. That would, I think, drive me insane because it's like, dude, I'm not dropping a bet on this thing. So no. stop. Like, are you trying to encourage me to now spend additional money here? Which I understand they got the sponsorships and everything. It really irritates me personally. Now, for those who like gambling, go for it. I don't care. I personally hate it because as a Washington Capitals fan, I loved my green turtle. And if you know the green that's, turtle. That's a bar and restaurant, by the way, folks. It was. It was a bar and restaurant inside the arena at the Verizon Center and eventually the Capital One Center. I don't care. They name these things every couple of years based off money. The Arizona Coyotes can't keep their arena because they can't make rent. So I don't know. The Gila River Arena or whatever it's called. I don't know. They've almost been evicted multiple times now. And can we talk about that real quick? I, okay. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's, that was the thing I wanted to talk to you about. What's up? I don't know, man. Like, okay. So me and you already recorded an episode on relocations. And I, at this point, don't know what we talk about. Cause it's an emergency backup episode. If we can't get a real episode out there one day, but regardless, some of the stuff might on that episode might be out of date, but this is current. This is currently happening in Glendale. It came out that the Glendale Arena was looking for its taxes, $1.3 million out of the Arizona Coyotes. And Arizona came back like, oh, it was a human error, uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, then the Glendale, I guess, mayor. Well, it's I, like, it's not a human error. You didn't do it right. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, well, you know, they're just trying to use this as leverage so they can charge the Arizona Coyotes more money. And he's like, let me make this clear. We have no interest in ever having the Arizona Coyotes back in our arena. We're going to renovate the arena and use it for a more financially viable option. And I, if that isn't just a punch in the stomach of Gary Bettman, like I've been a, I know, 97% of hockey fans out there hate Gary Bettman. I haven't been one of them, but I'm there now. And it's time to move this damn franchise out of Arizona. And sorry to Steve, our friend there. And sorry to Tucker Storstad out of the Ogden Mustangs there. We love 2-4. Dude, if, if they build an arena in Arizona, it's going to be four or five years out. What are they going to do? What are they going to play in ASU's new arena? Like, what are they going to do? Like, this is an NHL franchise. It's time to get it into an NHL arena. And, yes, there are fans out there that are diving for Houston and Kansas City. I'm a classic fan, so I'm just going to show my Quebec. age here. I want them to go back to Quebec City. They've got a brand new arena as well. It sits over 19,000. And I really want that Nordiques canadians rivalry back i really want that rivalry back that i remember when i was a young kid yeah i i guess i agree with everything you said i think uh but my only kind of slight difference is one i just think it's really hysterical and 
disappointing, you know, kind of the, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, it's, we, we, we meant to pay. And then they're like, no, you didn't. Well, we came over Tuesday and you weren't there. We have camera footage that shows you didn't come over Tuesday. Well, we meant to, and then our car broke down. Your car is in the lot. It's been there the whole time. All right, fine. We didn't pay. Okay. Yes. We didn't pay. We didn't think you were going to call our bluff on it. We're calling your bluff. You're not getting back in the arena. Okay. So they didn't pay that, but what else did you see what came out after that? They haven't made uh, rent. They haven't paid rent in the last like they haven't paid rent this year. Yeah, they haven't done anything. I mean, they're crap. Like on the seventy-five percent scale level, I think he's done amazing. But there's definitely a twenty-five percent scale he's failed on. And I think the Florida Panthers and the Arizona Coyotes are uh, a screaming example of that. And it's time for it's time for a change of scenery at the top, fresh set of eyes, and more in depth of what the hockey fans in the National Hockey League want, not just what the biggest market in the U.S. is. That's why they're trying to keep this team in Arizona. But it's like, look, it it's it's had what now. 25 something years to succeed and it hasn't you guys gave atlanta 10 years yes it's time to kill arizona um i love the jersey i will def i will desperately miss it uh well i hate the current kachina jersey so honestly based off the current jerseys they should leave now (laughs) you're not gonna go back to my we're not doing this again no i hate this again I hate the jersey. They deserve to leave Arizona just based off this fugly Kachina that's oh, coming. Oh, God, no. You, you, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, fans, sorry. If you're listening to this, could you at Chris and tell him the Kachina jersey's great? Like, if you hate it, then at me. Be like, hey, Ben, you're in a Kachina sucks. Do you Everyone even else. have an at on Twitter? Who me? No, I don't. I don't how do social at you, man? Because at you and just say Ben's dumb. So at yeah, Chris, I'll support that. Now we'll send that to you over uh, WhatsApp. And I do want to give a shout out. It is 11 December. The Mustangs played Provo last night. Cade Herrera had a four goal night. You know how rare? Uh, That's amazing. That's awesome. What a game by Cade Herrera. Can't say enough about his performance this season. I think. He's the top scorer. It's him or Jake, not from State Farm Mirror, that are, are leading in, in terms of total overall points. I'd actually have to look at it. I could be wrong. Who knows? It could be somebody else. But it has to be Herrera Mirror. I don't know. That's a really big shout out there that the Kate Herrera on a four goal night. We do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. And also remember, if you have any amazing play and you're an owner, a parent, a player, a coach, or just a random fan, and you think your team should be highlighted in our December episode of December Highlights that we will do the first episode in January, reach out to us at PHH Official on Twitter. Send us a DM. With the video time on Hockey TV, the game date, the teams, let us know and we will consider it for the top plays of December. But that said, this was the Sunday morning coffee edition of Pigeon Hockey with Chris and Ben. Yeah. Hey, bye, everyone. Have a great uh, day. Nothing funny here. (laughs) Remember, always clear your crease.